So yesterday, Baltimore City Mayor Brandon Scott announced that the city's $641 million it is receiving as part of the American Rescue Plan, the congressional uh, $1.9 trillion amount that was passed, we're getting that amount at the city. It will be used, Brian Neiman and the audience, to go in three identified areas. It will go towards community-based violence reduction efforts, a recovery fund for small businesses, and investments in broadband infrastructure with a focus on equity, according to the mayor. Now, the question is, uh, who's going to oversee that? Joining us right now is the president of the Baltimore City Council, Nick Bosby, to discuss exactly where that money is going, because the city council wants to have a say. Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, C4. Thanks for having me today. Let me ask you, uh, President Mosby, you and the city council voted a resolution, which is uh, non-binding, but it's a statement of your position in terms of uh, oversight over this money. What, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, it's also important to note, C4, that we also uh, introduced an ordinance yesterday. So the non-binding resolution was just calling out that we're going to have the quarterly uh, meetings. But uh, the ordinance actually spells out what we want as it relates to um, the output from the administration. Uh, when we talk about this money, you know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity when we have an influx of this level of federal spending in the city. Uh, and what we do not want is to take the traditional approach of just spending the money. We want to ensure that we're investing the money. So what are going to be the return on investment? What are our key performance indicators? What are our goals? What are our objectives to ensure that we're getting the best bang for our buck associated with the money? So that's the point of the, the ordinance that would eventually become law, as well as the quarterly briefings associated with meeting with the administration. That was going to be my question. So it does become law. So you do have actual oversight, or is it still going to be up to the mayor to decide exactly where this money goes? So decision and oversight are two different things. Ultimately, it's the autonomy of the administration to vet and decide where the money's directed. It's the responsibility through charter of the of the council uh, to have oversight over that spending. So just like we're able to call in any other city agency, we're we put up a specific law and craft a specific bill uh, to ensure that one as a strategic plan associated with the spending of the money, and then we're all on the same page from day one of. What are these things? What are the things that this is supposed to uh, change or affect? I mean, this could be transformative yeah. for the city of Baltimore. So the thing is, even after two years, when the money is spent, we still should be looking back to see again what's the return on investment. What are the type of outcomes that we expected to get, and what are what are what are we actually receiving? So the bill is going to go even further past when. Uh, the money's all spent, and the organization is shut down. So, but just for clarification, for someone who doesn't understand how government works all that well, do if you didn't like something that the mayor was going to spend it on, could you stop him from actually using those dollars in that particular way? No, the administration has full autonomy okay. over where all the right. money is directed. However, by doing it in through the council and from an oversight perspective. Uh, it provides transparency as well as more accountability for the citizens and for the council to weigh in on. And you can make it public. The purpose of the yeah. hearings is to make sure the public is right. aware. So they explain it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. The, trans- what, what, that's the transparency piece of it, correct. Uh, Baltimore City Council President Nick Mosby is on board with us. We're talking about the $641 million American Rescue Plan Act, otherwise known as ARPA, money that is coming to the city of Baltimore. One of the things the mayor said, as I laid it out, Council President, is this money, some of it is supposed to go to community-based violence reduction efforts, not-for-profits in the city. Uh, We've had the organization ROCA on board that works with our youth, trying to divert them, really the worst of the worst in terms of what they've done. We've been talking, Council President, about 14- and 17-year-old shot 
yesterday it during the school day. I mean, school hours, 2.15 p.m. And teenagers just, you know, involved all types of crimes this year. We have got to do something about our teenagers, Council President. Correct. Totally. I mean, that's why when we talk about uh, this money, you know, again, it's like, are we going to spend the money? So are we going to, you know, select the, you know, 20, 25, 50 organizations and kind of spread the money throughout? Or are we going to take a real strategic approach and ensuring that we're investing this money in real outcomes that go after the systemic issues that plague our communities? Um, we know that the underbelly of much of our crime um, uh, comes from those types of issues. So how can we develop solutions to kind of eradicate it? There's going to be once in a lifetime, probably opportunity that we're going to get an injection of $641 million with limited guardrails and regulations that we could really go after and kind of eradicate some of the problems that have been around for me my entire life, like crime. Uh, so that's what we look to kind of partner with the administration, really understand what their thought process is and ensure that there's a strategic plan in place that we can kind of partner and work with. Uh, and the citizens understand and know what the outcome should be come five years, 10 years, 15 years out associated with this injection of money. But the focus, Mr. President, real quick on teenagers, because we know that today's teenager that is an offender usually becomes an adult offender. And if we can begin to focus on this teenage group that is really, I mean, the types of things Brian and I have been talking about, about teenage crime, we really need a laser-like focus on teenagers. So we're talking about right now, Council President. No, I think that's a really good point. I think that, you know, I think, uh, unfortunately, the state uh, consistently gets lost in that discussion. Uh, We know that juvenile services is a state uh, responsibility and entity. I think that it's really important that the city develops, like, strong partnerships in ensuring that, you know, Governor Hogan and the state folks from a DGS perspective um, are able to meet the needs of our young folks and ensure that the accountability is there for our young folks in the right way. Um, How this money, again, I think, can be intended to ensure that we get to young folks before they get to the criminal justice system, before they become the 14-year-old, 50-year-old, 17-year-old offenders. Because we understand and know that through data and through evidence-based solutions, that those young folks come through a certain pipeline that we have to develop ways of eradicating. I think that this money is an opportunity to try to go after and eradicate that. What are those pipelines that we're talking about? You know, all children should be able to, uh, all, all, all children uh, of a certain, you know, um, uh, uh, wherewithal should be able to read by the third grade. So, you know, what are we doing there? What are we doing for our middle to high school dropout pipelines that we know that a large percentage of our young folks that are dropping out of school come from those pipelines? What are the things, again, that we're going to do to eradicate before that child becomes a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old offender um, to, to, to try to get in the way? And then, again, partnering with the state to ensure that when we have our young folks that are, 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 are delinquent, that are juveniles, that are, that are having issues in our communities, what are we doing to try to put those wraparound services to develop corrective behaviors and measures for them to do better? Many times we see our same young folks coming out, reoffending, reoffending, reoffending. Now, again, that's a state responsibility, and it's something that we need to continue to work with the state government to provide better outcomes for our young folks. But I think that this is an opportunity that we can't pass up, and that's why you know the council is so dedicated in working with the administration to ensure that we have a strategic plan to go after and really invest this money and not just spend this money. I'm talking with Councilman uh, Nick Mosby, City Council President. So, on the nonprofit aspect of it, in general terms, do you have a problem with with you know basically handing this money over to nonprofits, or do you think that is a a wise move when it comes to investing these dollars? This is what I'll say to Brian, uh, and you're kind of getting at my point. I, I think that we should take a step back, be it city agencies, be it private nonprofits. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we need a strategic approach that's going to literally lay out 
in five years, we want this to be the outcome of this money. In 10 years, this is what we want. We need to systematically go after to try to eradicate some of the problems that have been here and develop transformative change. So, you know, I, I can't say that there aren't, you know, 10 organizations or 100 organizations that kind of go into that plan. I think what we need from the administration and what we're calling on the administration is what is the plan? So we're just not sprinkling the money out throughout the city, throughout different organizations, but we know that there's a targeted strategic plan that's in place that we're investing this money and we can see that return on investment come 5, 10, 15 years from now. Council President Nick Bosley, we had United States Senator Ben Cardin on talking about the issue I'm going to share with you, as well as uh, Marshall West and the uh, president of Maryland Restaurant Association. And the smaller restaurants really did not benefit from that PPP money that was allocated federally. And uh, they've been trying to get it to them. The mayor announced a recovery fund for small business yesterday. I know restaurants only one part of that, but these restaurants hire city people. That's where a lot of city young people actually get hired. What about, you know, trying to push some monies toward that area, Council President? There has to be a multi-layer approach. Um, what, but what we can't do, Brian, and C4 is say that we're going to be able to solve every issue in the city of Baltimore. $641 million seems like a lot of money, but when we talk about the gravity of the issues of our city, it's not a whole lot, particularly if we're talking about the type of transformative and, and eradication of, of, of systematic issues that I'm kind of talking about. So we have to pick those one, two, three issues. I think small businesses sits at the core of that. Because when we talk about strengthening our city, when we talk about growing our city, when we talk about providing opportunities for young folks in our city, um, uh, small businesses literally sit at the core of that. So I'm definitely supportive of developing ways to provide opportunities for folks to not only just grow and sustain, but also start up new businesses here in the city of Baltimore. I think that those are the types of things that will be exciting in five or 10 years to see how many businesses were able to be sustained or how many businesses were, were able to kind of grow and, and start up uh, based off of a segment of this money. I, I know this is just kind of sprouting up. I mean, ha- what's the relationship been with the mayor on this and, and his people? Have have they been cooperative or have they been acceptive of, of some of the things that you've requested, especially these quarterly meetings to you know figure out where exactly this, this money is going to go? So I've been very, very um, uh, open and public about this idea of reframing our minds from spending money, the traditional and conventional way that kind of cities kind of spend money to investing our money and what those returns are. Uh, I think the mayor has been accepting of that. We've worked hand in hand through the Ways and Means Committee to actually schedule the quarterly meetings. We already have the scheduled dates that are out there. I think the mayor completely understands and, and, and supports and accepts this, this kind of thought process and vision. And we look forward to partnering with them and working with them uh, to ensure that we execute it in the right way for the residents. But again, more importantly, and that folks have the ability of transparency inside of this process. You know, two years can go by pretty quickly, hmm. particularly when you're spending $641 million. So that's why we wanted to make sure at the start of the process, everyone knew exactly going into the process how it would look. So yesterday, the mayor announced the portal uh, for the nonprofits. You know, not not one um, uh, entry has even been or, or have requests has been submitted. Right. So right now we are at the very beginning of this process. And it's important that the public's engaged and involved. And that's the point of yesterday's yeah. ordinance and yesterday's resolution. Baltimore City Council President uh, Nick Mosby is on board with us. And I know six hundred forty one million dollars is not you know, it's not six hundred forty one billion. I know it doesn't go all over the place, but. Uh, President Mosby yesterday, um, actor uh, Josh Charles from Baltimore was in a Twitter discussion with Baltimore City Mayor Brandon Scott over a question. The actor said, Mr. Mayor, can we put some of this money into these schools that are closing because of the heat? And I raised that, Council President, because today's heat is tomorrow's cold. 
So, you know, the, the, these systems just don't provide air. They provide heat. And these schools could have problems come the winter. Can't some of this money people want to know go to keeping our kids in school, in the buildings? So, again, I mean, this money can go to a lot of different things and definitely that. Uh, we understand and know that the, the, the Board of Public Works in Annapolis developed a plan to assure that all of our schools are going to be AC'd and, uh, and, and, and heated uh, in a certain time frame. And the mayor could um, retroactively um, um, develop a way to uh, supply the uh, funding to do that. Uh, and again, um, you know, that's something we're working with the administration. When I talk about the type of transformative change I'm talking about, and when you guys are talking about the 14, 15, 16 year old uh, 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 folks that are offenders on our streets, we can't not forget about our young folks and our children. So I think a core of this money has to go to the development uh, and, uh, upbringing of our young folks. Uh, and definitely schooling is a major thing. I mean, inside of our schools, we see our young folks for eight to 10 hours a day. Um, that is a place where we understand and know if there's some behavioral health issues, there's some mental health issues, there's some trauma that's going on in the house. You know, that's why I was so supportive of Kerwin and developing more wraparound services, more community-based schooling. But definitely, I think schooling is the core. Education is the core to many of the problems that we kind of talk about on a regular basis. And when we look at data and evidence-based solutions, it points directly to schooling. We thank you so much, yeah. Council President Nick Mosby, and uh, we realize that you, what you're precluded from doing in the council, Brian, and they can oversee, yeah. but they can't direct the monies. But uh, let, let us know what not, happens not with those yet. meetings. You know that changes uh, from <laughs> 2023. I know you can't wait, Mr. President. <laughs> I know you know that before. Oh, I have one more request. While I have you on the phone, Council President, Brian Neiman will be a witness to this. I think we need a resolution put in place that the mayor cannot tweet out the fact that Mervo has beaten Polly two years in a row. <laughs> two years in a row. You might want to win a game. And, and, and I'm just saying, as a... As a mer, 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 Maryville football team has been, you know, pretty good the past couple of years. And, yes, our mayor has taken advantage of that as much as possible. But, see, when you're used to losing and now you're starting to get a taste of winning, that's what happens. Well, as a poly mean? graduate, so, as, as I hold former, it to as you. As a former poly football player, you know, I, 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 I would uh, – I think I have the privilege of saying that. There you go, Mr. President. Thanks for coming Thank on. We appreciate your time. See you guys.